0: Should you buy an indexed annuity? We're going through the good, the bad, and the ugly of indexed annuities today.
1: This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions.
0: Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Jeremy Latch about indexed annuities. Jeremy owns an annuity broker general agency, so he gets to see all those good and bad parts of the annuity world, and you're going to have us uh, talk through all the pros and cons today. Jeremy, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate uh, you having me, and uh, I love your name, by the way.
0: Yeah, besides having a great uh, first name, just, just tell us more about yourself.
2: Yeah, well, I've been uh, I've been in this industry now for a little over 20 years. Started my own company here just a couple of years ago, Empire Marketing Partners, and and enjoying life. It's a lot of fun. Love this industry. Love what I do, and, uh, and more importantly, love being a business owner. So it's 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 been a lot of fun so far.
0: That's great. And you're uh, this, this term broker general agency. Really, you're you're kind of the person that goes out and talks to all the different annuity companies that that are out there. You keep an eye on what's going on with the different benefits and features and and where the industry is going and you help advisors like me really choose the best annuity for for their clients just tell me a little bit more about kind of how that process works
2: yeah absolutely i mean it's 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 the independent world jeremy and uh we work with the independent advisors like yourself all over the country and you know independent advisors are always looking for opportunities you know, to present certain ideas or concepts to their clients, and and ultimately, where our company fits into play is we're contracted with several different companies throughout the country to represent their distribution and their product lines. And you know, ultimately, we are out there shopping and looking for the best opportunities based on whatever the desired outcomes or objectives are of your clients, Jeremy. And you know, so when they're coming to you and looking for help and they're looking for assistance, you, you know, ultimately. You're coming to an organization like mine with Empire and saying, how do we go out there and find, here's what we're looking at doing, here's the couple that we have, here's their age, here's their situation. You know, Jeremy, can you help us find something uh, that that might help support what their objectives are? And we do a kind of a unique job of trying to find several different carriers. We're not owned by any private equity. We're not biased. So we're completely independent. And we we look for uh, multiple opportunities that may be suitable for for your clients, Jeremy.
0: Yeah, that's it you want to uh, generally have a lot of different options for whichever account you're looking into but we're talking today about these things called indexed annuities and of course uh, i've been an advisor for 20 years i've heard them called fixed indexed annuities or heard them used to be called equity indexed annuities seems like indexed annuity is the the term a lot of people are using now so just tell us what is an indexed annuity
2: yeah, an index annuity, when I first started uh, in this industry, they were equity index annuities, and they have evolved into what they call the fixed indexed annuity. And they're, they're annuity products that are designed and built to allow you to try to compete a little bit more against the traditional fixed annuity and maybe the CD type investment uh, that's out there and available to you, still give you a little bit of that protection or still give you a little bit of the upside that you might be seeking, but uh, more importantly, giving you the protection for maybe the volatility that you don't want. And that is where they are, you know, and they're fit in a lot of different ways. So when you say describe the index annuity, it just really kind of depends on there's so many different companies, so many different products that are out there, Jeremy, that it's just, a, it's, it's important to look at what is the client's out, uh, outcome or, or desired outcomes and what are their objectives when it comes to describing what type of product that may or may not be a fit for them. So, but generally they're, they're, they're kind of built and designed to beat that traditional fixed annuity. Certainly not uh You know, something that's designed to go out there, compete in the marketplace from a return and an equity standpoint, more so the traditional fixed side and or your CD investor and those seeking refuge from volatility for sure.
0: Yeah. I love how you explain that. It's really uh, an alternative or just it's in the same space as the fixed annuity, the CD, because I think that's where annuities get a bad rap is either they're perceived or perhaps sold as an alternative to the market. And even if they have a market connection, uh, you don't get dividends. You don't have a brokerage license and investment advisor license to sell us. There's no really regulatory, no legal connection to the market you know, directly on there. Really it is an alternative to fixed accounts, an alternative to CD type of accounts. It's a different way to generate an income On there, So I I love how you're, this is why I trusted you to come on the show because you're talking here uh, the way that annuities ought to be uh, really presented as having in the right, the right space. And you hear people like Dave Ramsey say annuities are horrible because the, the market will always do better. Well, I don't know about always uh, for one, but that's exactly it. It's, it's not a market investment. It's a separate thing. So if you compare it to the market, you're, there's just no reason to, because it's just completely separate uh, piece of that. So I'm just curious, because uh, a lot of times advisors might suggest to a, a a clients here, you should buy an annuity. And we're talking really to the, the client side here. When your advisor suggests you buy an annuity, what do you really need to know? What should you really be looking into?
2: Well, I think some of the most important, and I go through this every single time I go over something, Jeremy, when we, have, when we do our case designs for the advisors that, that we work with around the country is it's, it's I've got to know the situation, right? And nobody knows the situation better than you, the advisor. You know, as soon as a wholesaler makes a recommendation on a product that might be available to them without understanding the, the situation, we've already made a mistake. So it's really understanding what is the desired outcome uh, that the client desires. And so the biggest thing for us, obviously, is, is the demographics of understanding the age and are we dealing with qualified money? Or are we dealing with non-qualified money? Is it income distribution? If it's income distribution, when do they want the income distribution? Do they want the income distribution to you know, have an opportunity to increase and keep pace with possibly with, with inflation being where we're seeing that uh, today? Are we just trying to supplement social security income? Are we looking for something short-term offset. uh, Maybe instead of CDs, we're looking for something to give us some short-term growth opportunities. All those are just questions that we come into play that we ask you. So we best understand exactly how your client's looking for protection. What is their desired outcome? What are their objectives? And uh, once we have that information, it's pretty easy for me to look around and find out, okay, here is where I think these could be some of the best fits, potential fits for your client, uh, not necessarily always the right fit. Because again, it, you, you, you have to really understand what they're looking for and what they're trying to accomplish. And once once I know that, it gets to be a little bit easier for me to at least make the recommendation uh, for a potential suitable option for your client.
0: Yeah, like that. Really, with anything, you've got to decide what's the purpose before you find out if it's even good or not. What's the What's the thing that fits that purpose better? And it seems like it's, of course, there's a lot of things in there, but two of them that come to mind is just... Do you need the income from this account? Or are you trying to have a growth potential? Because that, that that's two different things to solve for. And of course, another thing is a frame. Is this some sort of lifetime income type of annuity, or is it a short-term time frame? Like, are you just trying to get a better rate than the three-year CDs that are out there? What is it that you're actually looking for? So I'd say it seems like those are the, the two biggest kind of decision points of how long do you need this account for? And then would you prefer to have income or growth uh, out of it?
2: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And of course you get the time where everyone's like, hey, I want the highest guaranteed income I can. I want my money to last forever. I want to give my wife the same amount of income when I die. And I don't want to have any risks in order to do so. And I want to pay zero on an expense to get that. And you know, ultimately that'd be fantastic. We'd love to find those opportunities. But when it comes to the to the indexed annuity world, they don't supply it all. You know, they're income distributors. That's what they do a very good job of. And and today with interest rates being where they're at, Jeremy, I mean, they're, they're short-term accumulation opportunities as well. And we definitely have used a lot more of those over the last 18 months than we have actually over the last 20 years. So pretty crazy to see that how interest rates have evolved and how they've put themselves in those opportunities but you know we cannot we can't get our you know have our cake and eat it too and sometimes when you look at these clients want that guaranteed income they want the highest one they can get they want the longest opportunity for maximizing the death benefit that may go to the beneficiaries they want that money to continue to the spouse when they do that oh and by the way if something happens to me and I go into a nursing home Jeremy I want that too. So, you know, it's uh, it's what, but again, those are the objectives that we're always considering and looking at and finding out which ones are the most important to you. And once we know which ones are the most important to you, it makes it a little bit easier for me and uh, my team to come up with a more suitable recommendation.
0: Yeah, it's right on. And I'm going to go through, I guess, probably the ugly part of the annuities uh, for a little bit here. I think that'd be interesting. So I get to see us. It's been 20 years. I've been an advisor and I get to see statements. I get to, I get to hear the statement from a potential client about here's what they think is going on. And then I look at the paper statements and can see what's actually going on. And a lot of times I I, I see a disconnect and uh, I want to go through some of those just to dispel some myths or at least get uh, make sure that you're learning more, knowing more about how annuities uh, works. And I'll just go through a, a few of them. One of them is I'll hear people say, oh, I, I get 6% guaranteed on this annuity. And they talk about it as if Every single year, their account value is going up six percentage points every year. Like the hundred dollars becomes one hundred six, becomes one hundred twelve. You know, keeps on going. And I just don't think that's quite the case. So I suppose uh, the question to you is, if if you're hearing from an advisor, or you're hearing, or you're thinking about your account that it it gets a six percent rate every year, what tell me what that really means? Like what's, what's what what what's probably the the situation behind that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I more than likely there's probably some type of income benefit attached to that, Jeremy, which you know insurance companies now have added. Uh, you know, guaranteed living income benefits and withdrawal benefits depends on the term and which products that you're using uh, to the annuities, which means you're you're basically creating two separate accounts, and you know you've got your cash value, which is the money that you can you know touch and feel and play with, and then you've got your income value, which is exactly what it is. It's an income distribution, and the only way to access that value of that particular annuity contract will be to take some type of an income distribution, whether it being lifetime, which has become the most popular. Most people want guaranteed income and they want it to last until they, you know, till they're no longer in existence. And uh, the other is sometimes you have annuitization and you know those products and stuff like that have changed dramatically over the past. They used to be a lot more prevalent, you know, I'd say 10, 15 years ago where you're seeing annuitization being a factor, but the lifetime income benefits are a little bit different. You're not actually annuitizing the contracts. They're paid over your life expectancy, and they're using a a percentage that's used based on actuarial models, uh, where they give you a percentage of that account value for the rest of your life. And then it's up to you to determine if that amount is sufficient and what that amount is in combination with. Is it is it in combination with your Social Security? Someone says, I just need an extra $2,000 a month. Well, we can work backwards and figure that out on a lifetime income distribution with several different annuity contracts that are out there. But more than likely, if someone says, I've got a 6% guarantee that I get every year, my first reaction is then we should have no conversations because it's the best annuity ever. Or it's probably some type type of an income benefit uh, that is not your actual cash value. It's an income distribution. And what does that income distribution do for you when you need it? So it doesn't matter how high that income distribution can be or how high those guarantees are, but what does that, it's insurance, it's protection that you're buying And when you're doing so, and like there's a fee, Jeremy, right? You're going to pay a fee to have that income distribution on there. So if I'm going to pay money to generate another phantom account value, I use the term phantom, but it's an income account value. That's that's only an income distribution value. What am I getting for the insurance that I'm paying for? Those are where you'll see me really dive in, kind of go through the math, Jeremy, figure out, hey, here's the value if you live to 70, if you live to 80, and if you live to 90. And by the way, we're not looking for guaranteed income distribution because we plan on dying tomorrow. We, we're, we're looking for it for longevity. So long answer to your question of if I hear a 6%, that's generally an income value that's attached to that particular contract.
0: Well, that's, and that's exactly it. And I love how you use the term phantom because it's only worth something when it turns into that income on it. And it's connected a bit to where I'll talk to people and say, yeah, I, I'm gonna buy this annuity from this other person because it they're gonna give me a 20% bonus. Like like they put 100 grand in and the company's just gonna give them $20,000 the next day. And that, I doubt that's the case. I, what they're really talking about is they're gonna base this income, this phantom income value, not on the hundred grand you put in, but maybe one hundred twenty thousand, and it's just the the percentages are based on one hundred twenty, not the hundred that you put in, because you've got this bonus, and it's it's not a bonus really. It's just here's a different way that you could calculate the uh, the income value.
2: For sure, and I think this is exactly what you know. Unfortunately, features like that sometimes are what give annuities, index annuities in particular, more of a bad name as. Some people just don't understand exactly what that did, right? And and not that that vehicle or that insurance contract was bad. It may have been fantastic given the right situation. But sometimes people don't realize what they're actually getting into. And it's up to us to make sure we're educating and make sure we help people and help them understand it, that not all insurance contracts are suitable for the same guy. Annuities might not be good for anybody. Or for a certain situation, but uh, they can be absolutely fantastic if they're understood and they're used properly. But those bonuses and stuff like that, and the guarantees and the income benefits that are out there are sometimes what give any annuity a bad rap in our industry, because people may not really fully understand what they need to do to get what they're using there.
0: Yeah. Like how you said, both understood and used properly, So I'll often be explaining, here's how your annuity truly works and they'll say oh my goodness i never heard of that before this wasn't explained to me that way by the person who sold it to me and their first initial reaction is usually i'm not getting six percent guaranteed it you know uh, account value growth every year let me get out of it let me just forget those guys forget the company that sold it to me forget the advisor that told it to me i'm just going to cash it out and i say hold on a second because another thing that comes into play is these things called surrender charges so we, we'll talk about that later on. I'm going to have you go through kind of some uh, definitions that when you're buying a, an index annuity, you'll you'll know a lot more of what these definitions, what these terms really mean. But a lot of times, when somebody says, "I I hate this annuity because I don't under you know I understand it differently than how it was sold to me. I want to get out of it." I say, "Wait a second. The best thing for you to do is actually to use the structure you bought for. Like you you." bought it, and you paid for, and they they promised you these things, the best thing to do is to make them live up to their promises. Uh, you've used a lot of terms like uh, protection and insurance. These are all promises to you from an insurance company. And a lot of times, if you're already in the account, the best way to to stick it to the man right, is to use the account the way it was actually designed and to get the most value
2: uh, out of it. Well said, Jeremy. I mean, that's exactly it, right? Especially if you're paying some additional expense for the insurance that you're that you're purchasing, is, you know, there's a reason you did this, right? There's a reason you sat down with your financial professional and had this conversation. And at the end of the day, if you are paying additional fees, and even if you're not paying the additional fees that may or may not be associated with that contract, use it. Use it because it's insurance and you're buying insurance. And take advantage of the opportunity of what is being presented to you. Because if you don't, that's what leads you to having these conversations in the future is saying, man, I didn't. that didn't fit me. That wasn't suitable for me. But at the end of the day, more than likely, the vehicle that you're utilizing or the contract that you're utilizing is fit for you. You're just not using it properly.
0: Yeah. I, I can go lot, All day yes, about examples I've seen kind of on the client side or hear an advisor say things like... Uh, well, they don't even need the income, so I sold them this income annuity. Yeah, I hear, st- <laughs> I see stuff like that and it just uh, gets at me. But you're right, there's, there are certain places and certain times where these different types of guaranteed accounts are worthwhile. I, I was listening to an uh, advisor a couple weeks ago and he said, one of the first questions he asked people is, how much of your monthly retirement paycheck do you want guaranteed? Because you probably have an idea, right? If If you're gonna expect 10,000 a month from your retirement, but it's entirely subject to the stock market, you might not like that. You might say, I feel comfortable with half of that guaranteed uh, because I, I know how my life would would look if, if all of a sudden I only had to live on that half and you maybe prefer to have it guaranteed. And of course, usually the safest, quickest, cheapest way to get guaranteed income is by making use of social security and getting the highest amount you can out of social security. But oftentimes it doesn't, get to that point, right? You you want 5,000 a month guaranteed for life. You can only get 3,000 from social security in your situation. You got to go find somewhere else. And that somewhere else is often some sort of lifetime income type of account, which is why we're talking about this, is that sometimes people want to have a guaranteed income. They want to have something guaranteed and you want to go get the best guarantees, the best protection you can find to do that. So we'll finish, well, we're, we're done talking about the ugly of uh, things that we've seen and maybe some mornings, your ideas of how do you make like, life better if you're already in uh, a product that you weren't totally understanding. And we can certainly help you figure that, that kind of stuff out is how do you get the best out of it? But who, who yeah. is an index annuity right for?
2: Uh, well, that's a great question. Uh, y- 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 I don't know. And, and here's where, uh, here's how I think I'll answer that, Jeremy. I think let's go back to what you just said. You just said, when you sit down with that client and you ask that client, how much of your income do you want to see guaranteed? And they're going to give you that answer. And sometimes you're going to get people that tell you, we want it all guaranteed, right? So, uh, and as an advisor, you got to make sure you understand exactly how that impacts the overall portfolio when all of that income is guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But I think that is a great way for me to originally say, hey, if if this client says he wants 70, 75% of his, let's just say post-retirement, you know, in retirement income, Guaranteed. Well, then I think he now now we're now we're starting to talk about somebody that I think we want to start maybe looking at positioning some ideas for. Because there's only a couple places you could get that guaranteed income. And you talked about that from a social security standpoint. And the other thing is insurance contracts, right? So that's where you could get those guarantees. And when you start looking at Jeremy, let me ask you this. You know, when you think about some of the happiest people that you know, most of those people. And that older generation, they had what? What did they have in their retirement plans?
0: Oh, I know where you're going. They, they, had, they had a pension. I've heard somebody call it mailbox money, right? You, you feel good yeah, about right. that money. right. Run it out to that
2: mailbox. Yep. Yep. And I've heard that as well, Jeremy. And the thing is, is, but the reason that they're happy is why they had guaranteed paychecks that they do every single month they are going to get regardless. And a lot of that came from what? Working their butts off through, uh you know, for 30, 40 years of, of pre-retirement and, and putting money away and having an opportunity to have pensions. And that's something that we have seen a lot of companies take away from people, right? There are still pension plans that are available and defined benefit plans that are available to, to individuals. However, they have come by the wayside, but some of the happiest people, you know, are retirees that are on pensions and they know they've got that paycheck. And that is who I really relate the, the, the annuity story to when it comes to guaranteed income is, What if you don't have that pension anymore and you had that 401k, which, again, you spent 30, 40 years filling that thing up? How do we protect that? How do we put that in a position to create maybe a self-funded pension for you? And again, I'm not calling annuities pension plans. I'm just they are an opportunity to create your own retirement pension. And supplement that social security income that you might be utilizing or the the retirement brokerage account that you may be drawing some money out of. But at the end of the day, really what I look at the the index annuity is that guy that says, I'd I'd like a a lot of my, you know, 70, 75, 80% of that money, I'd like to be protected. Or I'd like 100% of that money to be protected. We can't always protect 100% of our money and then achieve the same hopes and dreams that we have through retirement. You know, we have to have that risk associated with it. And that's Okay. But if I can alleviate the stress of that portfolio by providing you some more income guarantees, I think we're all going to be a whole lot happier uh, throughout retirement.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's right on that. You're just figuring out what works out best for uh, for you, and and find that that um, you know if you want the income or you want that growth, you go out and find the best thing. And of course, uh, hopefully, you've got an advisor that is independent and can find a lot of different areas is working with a broker general agency. There's a lot of them out there. I, I used to have uh, connections to three or four and they would all find the same products you know, for the situation. So I knew, I knew I could trust them all. I could trust the advice uh, that I was getting from everybody. But at the same time, if you have this broker general agency, they, they can look at all the different accounts that are out there and, and find that. Because really, if you want in income, there's different sources. Let's go find the best thing for you. If you want that growth potential, there's different sources for, you know, if you want it for three years or five years or ten. Let's find the best thing for you. But let's let's go through for some sure. of these definitions because you're, I'm I'm hoping you've got an advisor that you can trust and finds the exact best types of accounts for what it is you're looking for. But you still maybe ought to know a little bit about what they're saying and what they're looking into. And this article from Kiplinger had a, a great listing of these different definitions, kind of things you ought to really be looking at. And I'm just going to go through all of them and, and hear, hear what you, uh, let's let's get some definitions out of you, Jeremy, here. But one of them is just, a lot of these, it's called an index annuity, right? So you're, it's tracking an index. Just tell me, what does index tracking mean?
2: Yes, I mean, uh, on an, and this is important on index annuities is because sometimes you get that misconception that my money's invested in some type of an index, whether it's the S&P or or the nasdaq to name some of the most popular ones out there but now they've even got a little bit more complicated as they add managed volatility indexes that are out there available and attached to these annuity contracts but at the end of the day it's important for clients to understand that none of your money is actually invested in the market you're linked to a particular index that you and your advisor will choose together when you're looking over the options that are available to you you're linked to the growth of a particular index and you know the most popular out there that everybody understands is the s p 500 i tend to lean toward that a lot myself as a wholesaler, just because it is a simple in, uh, index to understand. And everybody knows what that is. And and uh, you kind of start from there and you kind of go from that start point Is if I'm linked to the S&P 500, what does that mean? And uh, generally that just means that whatever that return is to the S&P 500, your return is going to be linked to what that does. Your money will not actually be invested in there. So therefore, if that is negative, y- you won't go backwards. You're not going backwards.
0: Yeah, a couple of things there. I like how you mentioned the S&P 500 because I found that a lot of these indexes are complex. And a lot of times I don't want to use the word made up, um, but I guess technically every index is just made up uh, really by somebody at some point in time. But a lot of times it seems like the the hot new index uh, that someone says, oh, this did 12% the last five years. Well, that's it hasn't even been around for tw- five years. It's just been right. you know, back-tested on there. So I, I lean towards, I would, uh, whenever that I look at these, I, I like things that are simple and S and P 500 is, is simple for sure. And so that's one, one thought. And I love exactly how you pointed out that you are not invested in the index, uh, which gives you a couple of things. One is that if the market goes down, if that index goes down, there's often a floor at zero, so you don't, don't lose, uh, that, but on the flip side, If you do the research, a lot of the growth in the market and the S&P 500 is from the dividends and you don't get access to the dividends. You're just linked to the price of the S&P 500. You're not actually getting access to the dividends. So you've got to understand the kind of pros and cons there with this index that you're going to be getting into if you have an index annuity. And of course, part of that is how much you... Gets if the index itself does something, how do you get out of that? And part of it has to do with something called a, a cap. Tell me what's a what's a cap with with the uh, indexed annuities.
2: Yep, let's let's stick with the S and P index for that example, Jeremy, because it is important to understand. You know, again, when you talk about dividends, that's usually generally not going to be a part of the index annuity. And yes, dividends are a big part of the S and P 500. You know, you're drastically reducing your upside if you're not participating in dividends. But again, the index annuity is not designed for that. And that is why you will have something called possibly on the annuity. And there are some parts on there. And one of those parts is a cap. And that cap could be what we've seen today is uh, S&P 500 caps based on certain contracts. Why do they vary? It just depends on all the other bells and whistles that are inside that contract of what you're looking to accomplish, right? So, but we see S&P caps from 8% to sometimes 13 and 14% today on the S&P. What does that mean? the s&p goes up 30% and you have an index cap of say 10 we'll just use that as the round number here if you have a cap of 10% which you can get today you're going to be capped at 10% no matter what that s&p does the s&p is at 8% and you're linked to that index again you're going to cap out or or cap out at 10% if it's over that that mark if the s&p is at 8 you're going to get 8 and if the s&p is negative again you get the what we what we call uh, uh the big fat zero So we don't go backwards, but having the cap attached to the contract. Why is there a cap attached to the contract? I don't go backwards when that markets are negative. We're not, we're linked to the S and P the S and P is negative. One of the trade-offs of sacrificing and making sure I have that protection on the floor at zero is I'm going to have a predetermined cap. There's not a company in America that's going to give you all the growth in the world, but none of the, none of the downside, none of the risk.
0: Right. Another way to do it is something called a spread. What's a, what's an index annuity
2: spread? Yep. So spreads are apply to indexes and some are on the SP and some are on a lot of these indices that you and I were talking about earlier, Jeremy, that these managed volatility indexes that come out there. But an index spread in most insurance companies, and people here's and I want to share this too on a misconception on index annuities. Is you get I've seen articles on it, and I've had conversations on it from people that say you got caps, you got spreads, you got participation rates, and we'll go through that. I think here. I think that's where you're going with this, Jeremy. But Usually it's you got one or the other, and they're not all they're not all together. They're not all horrible for you, but they all work in unique ways. And the spread, generally, what you're going to get by having a spread, and you may have see you see spreads on contracts today one and a half, two and a half, three and a half percent, which means hey, we're going to let you be a part of the Nasdaq or the S and P. We're not going to put a cap on the, on that but we're going to give you a spread of around 3% which means that the first 3% is going to cover the cost of that option the insurance company's doing and you're going to get above and beyond that so if that S&P is at 15% you could you're, you're going to get about 12 a little bit better than you would on the annual cap today which one's better You tell me I don't have that crystal ball, but the spread generally is going to be something that's going to cover the cost of the option for the insurance carrier. And what that means is the first 3% is going to go back to cover that expense, but you're going to get above and beyond the rest. Why is that enticing? Some people look at that and say, man, I could really hit a home run there. Uh, And at the end of the day, I don't know what strategy is going to be better, but the spread is usually not going to be applied if there's going to be a cap involved. It's either going to be one or the other.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, that's it. it's right on. And you're right. The next question is what is the participation rate with index annuities?
2: Participation rate, how much do I get? What percentage are you going to give me of what the S P does? And you know, if the SP, if you're gonna give me hundred percent of the of what the S P is, you could bet there's probably gonna be some predetermined cap that's gonna be up front. They're not just gonna give you all of the glory at hundred percent of it without having any of the protection on the downside, not just from the insurance company, but you as the as the client as well. So some companies will have strategies and a lot of companies out there Jeremy they've got them all together right so i can mix and match all my different crediting strategies And, and, uh, and I actually recommend that quite a bit when I have conversations with people is use them all because they're all very similar to design and all going to, you know, try to uh, give you the same opportunities for the same unique opportunity for growth. Not one strategy is always going to be better than the other. If we had the crystal ball and we knew how it was going to perform, I can give you what those are. But the fact is, is I could change these annually. So, you know, but having a participation rate on there means if I have a hundred percent participation rate, some even give you 250% participation rates, Jeremy, so, which means if that if that y- y- index, particular index returns 10%, they're gonna give you 250% of that. So, sounds pretty, sounds pretty bullish, but at the end of the day, there's always trade-off and individuals like myself who understand how these work and how they're fit and how they're designed can walk the advisors through what that means, what the expectation is, and how do we temper it to make sure a client doesn't say, holy moly, I'm getting 250% of the S&P 500 you're a, you're, you're, you're an idiot. If you don't get yourself, if you don't put your money into this stuff. So, (laughs) but yeah, participation rates are going to, how much do you participate of that particular particular index? Some are 50, some are 55%. And again, if they're 50 and 55% participation rates, you can assume generally there's not a cap applied. It's going to be of what the actual index index does.
0: Right on. Yeah. It's just really figuring out kind of which works best for you. What is it that you're, you're looking for? And of course, uh, typically you're, you're buying these accounts from an advisor. And one thing I hate hearing is where the the client kind of relays to me, oh yeah, this advisor said I didn't have to pay him. The insurance company pays it. Uh, there's no fees. I hear these things uh, and I'm, I'm hoping that they're misheard as opposed to uh, misspoken. Uh, I'm hoping that's the case, but uh, I just want to get it out there. What's a typical commission for index annuities?
2: You know, it really depends on uh, the product that's being utilized. I mean, you can see compensation be, you know, we there are now fee-based index annuities that are available to individuals um, and advisors can charge as an RIA, uh, firm can charge whatever their fee is. And then you got co- compensation could be two and a half to sometimes six and a half seven percent depending upon the, car- the carrier and the contract. And again, just because a contract pays higher compensation doesn't necessarily mean it isn't a good contract. And that is one of the most, major misconceptions I've seen on the indexed annuity world. And probably one of the areas that's changed the most since I've started wholesaling in this industry is the compensation to the advisor. And uh, as the compensation has started to come down, as products have really con- con- you know, started to evolve and rules and regulations have gotten involved, and that's okay. It's okay. But at the end of the day, it's always you know good to understand that just because a, a product is paying decent compensation doesn't mean it may not be a really good fit for somebody. And it doesn't mean that it, is a good fit for somebody.
0: Yeah. And at the same time, there is somewhat an incentive. And if the if the the range is maybe, let's call it three to 7%, if that's a, a range, there is an incentive for somebody to sell a certain annuity compared to the other. So hopefully they're not being swayed by that. But, you know, incentives talk sometimes. And I'll see a lot of times where the annuities are compared to pensions. I think that's a somewhat valid comparison. Uh, they're both, Backed by investments and sometimes insurance companies, and uh, they're both designed to pay out uh, some level of of lifetime income. And I, I guess warn or at least kind of hedge the thought of if somebody's telling you to take the four hundred one k and move it to an annuity or take the pension to move it to an annuity, that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. But realize they might keep getting paid three, five, seven percent. Right? You get you move your million dollar 401k to an annuity, there could easily be a $70,000 commission paid out on that. So just, uh, I think that's a good question to ask your advisor. When they recommend an annuity, you should ask them, what's the level of commission? What commission will you make on this? And like you said, Jeremy, it it might not mean the account is bad, but I think you ought to know what it is that you're paying people. And I'll I'll hear that sometimes the advisors say, well, the, the insurance company pays this to me, you don't. Well, the insurance company only gets the money for the commission because they take your money and they're holding on to it. so it it ultimately has to be baked into the design and ultimately has to come really out of your pocket on there. So I think you really are paying the commission when you invest with uh, an advisor and they're getting that commission So you ought to know what that is and I think that's a that's a good sign if they're a good advisor or not If they're kind of cagey wishy-washy you know that that's maybe a sign to, to move on. But if they say, let me look it up. Yeah, it looks like 4%. If they tell you right there, you know, that that they're being pretty honest about it. That's good. That's good news.
2: Yeah. Well, in our world today in post DOL environment, I mean, this is what advisors are are doing today is they're disclosing what their, what their costs are and what commissions they make. And, you know, carriers Mm -hmm. want them to do that. And they got to be upfront and honest with the clients and that's okay. Sometimes in our industry, honesty gets lost. And that is what has changed and created a lot of these regulations. Right. And, (laughs) One of the one of my favorite things about doing what I do today, Jeremy, is the amount of uh, advisors that we work with and the ones that we have conversations with. You know, I can tell when there's a conversation that uh, I may not want to have again. Uh, and I can pick or choose to see if I want to work with that individual. Just like you uh, have clients that can pick or choose if they want to work with you. And advisors have gotten rid of clients because they're like, nope, that's going to be a headache. In my world and what we do and how we're trained and how we're educated, we could do the exact same thing and understanding like, hey, this is, You could kind of sense if someone's steering a little bit towards the compensation side versus, you know, steering toward what might be beneficial for the client. But it's always important, as you had mentioned, to remember that companies and products are designed with compensation in mind. So if there is some high level of compensation that's involved there, there's probably something else there that is longer contract surrenders. That are attached to the to the to the annuity, you know, tremendous features and benefits in there that may benefit uh, your clients and also support the advisor as well. You know, and people always say, well, how, how can annuities do this? And it's remembering that generally compensation that's higher up front, you're paid one time as an advisor. You go through the plan. If you especially if you're the advisor managing the money and you're doing all the work. And you're, you're you're putting a portion of that money that may go into the fia or be a fit for the fia it's okay to get paid because you're only going to get paid on that once unless you choose to have that trail option which of course is available for advisors as well if they want to get paid on on trail because that's how they build their business that's okay as a wholesaler it's t- it doesn't bother me what ma- what what matters to me is we're doing the right thing for your clients
0: good well i've uh, had you talk through the good bad the ugly of index annuities. Uh, thank you for these definitions i think that'd be helpful when you're looking at an annuity, trying to decide which one might be right for you, if it is right for you, then to actually know more about what these different terms are uh, on there. I've got uh, one more question for you, Jeremy. But before that, tell us, what's the best way to reach out to you?
2: Uh, best way to reach out to me is usually going right, right to our website, Jeremy. Uh, and that is uh, www.empire And that's MPS, Marketing Partners abbreviated. I know it sounds kind of weird, but MPS. Uh, dot com. Go on our website, or you can always send me an email, jlatch l a c h at empire mps. That's Matt, Paul, sam dot com as well. I mean, you know, love having conversations around this. This has uh kind of become my world, and uh you know, we we love having conversations with advisors and going through these uh, particularly what they call complex. I don't view them as being complex anymore after doing them as long as I have, Jeremy. uh But one thing I've done is I do the math behind these contracts. I really help help guys understand exactly and and gals exactly understand what the impact of what they're utilizing here and understanding why there's tremendous value. And especially today with rates being where they're at, why we could take advantage of that. And also how do we caution what happens going forward? So uh, I think you can, uh, you you get that type of uh, honesty from us as far as, you know, the products and services that we do offer.
0: Yeah. Like like I said, do the math. I I tell people when it comes to a lot of these decisions, you got to first learn the math, uh, do the math. And usually you, you follow the math after that. So I, I like how you're talking about doing the math and you certainly helped us learn the math and learn the definitions and all these annuities. Uh, we'll have links to where to get hold of Jeremy in the, the show notes. And of course, if you'd like more ideas on how to make your retirement great, just go ahead right now and click that subscribe button. I've got a final question for you, t- Jeremy. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember this podcast is ready to clean.
2: <laughs> wow. You really put me on the spot here. I guess a few people know about is well. I mean, a lot of people know my personal life, but at the end of the day, I love singing karaoke, Jeremy. Like I really love, and some people call it karaoke. I don't know if that's going to make some people get you know shut me off here. But at the end of the day, I love singing karaoke. I kind of feel like a you know a mini rock star once in a while when I. You, you put me in uh, at a, at a, at a local establishment with a karaoke machine. Uh, I'm like a kid in a candy store and uh, love to do it. And, you know, I, I'm either Jeremy Latch or John Bon Jovi, you, you know, or Neil Diamond. Real. So yeah. I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I love to get on the karaoke machine. I'm one of those guys that thinks he sounds super awesome at it. So.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. That's fun. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll have to try to find a way to to do that uh, with you sometime, Jeremy. Maybe we won't do it on a podcast. There won't be, uh, won't be the evidence of how, uh, whether you're you're Jeremy Latch or uh, John Bon Jovi. We'll find <laughs> oh,
2: Perfect. Perfect. That's, That's great. great.
0: Good. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, telling us all about index annuities. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you'll feel better about your money and you'll make better money decisions.
1: This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thrivent provide advisory services under a Doing Business As name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC a Registered Investment Advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.